And in that moment, I had a choice of letting fear take hold and taking over or doing what our characters we're going to look at today, be faced with the phrase from God himself that says, do not be afraid. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Did you have a good time praising God? Have a good time singing some cool versions of Christmas carols? I hope you enjoyed those versions. I really, I like them. I hope you like them too. Did you like them? They, okay, great. They get you in the right kind of spirit, vibe. <laughs> How many of you have family over for, the, for these holiday times? Anyone have family with them? How many of you like your family? Just <laughs> don't look at them right now. <laughs> it's great. We, sometimes we love people, but we may not always like them. Some of us can only handle them for the holidays. <laughs> But I pray that this holiday will be marked by the unifying power of Jesus Christ. I pray that it will be marked by moments of realness, moments of authenticity, where we as family can sort out the things that may have been coming for decades. Amen? Let's seek that. Let's be peacemakers, because the Bible says, blessed are those who are peacemakers. Amen? Uh, I just felt I needed to say that to someone out there. (laughs) In your battle is not against your in-laws. Your battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against powers and principalities. Amen. Everything can be taken on in prayer. Hallelujah. Wonderful. I'm so glad you are here. Thanks for being with us. I know you can be many other places and you chose to be here. So thank God for that. I also know God has an appointment with each one of us this morning. Do you know that God has an appointment with you? That you're here for a reason? He wants to speak to you, minister to you, bless you, strengthen you, take you from where you are to where you can be. Amen? All right. Who wants to go where God wants to send you? Anyone? Most of you. That's good. The rest? Not, not ready. <laughs> Almost tired. Okay. Aren't you asking me to do this too many times? It's like a workout. All right. All um, right. As we get into the message today, just want to remind everybody that you can follow our podcast and catch up on all our messages on any other podcast platforms. And also, we would love for you to subscribe to the YouTube channel that we have. You can also go back and watch the messages shared with other people. And, um, and then, of course, today, as always, you can go into the Version Bible app and go to events, find Love Key Church, and you can follow the, the notes of the message and the scriptures along there if you want. Or you can just open up your old school real Bible and read with me as we read today. All right. Um, we are busy with a short three-part series celebrating Christmas, and it's called God's Why. God's Why. And last week, we jumped into this series with a message called In the Beginning. In the beginning was where everything started. We want to know why God has done what he's done. Why is his son Jesus? Why was it necessary that he was born as a human being in the first place? We are busy unraveling this question. Amen. And next week, we are going to finish this series on the 24th with a message called The Word Becomes Flesh. So please come, if you can, for that to get the whole message. Amen. So... Today's message is called, Don't, Do Not Be Afraid. It's called, Do Not Be Afraid. Do Not Be Afraid. That's such an important phrase. And this week, I was challenged by this. As my wife mentioned, we we had a, a very difficult moment in our home this week when our oldest had some kind of convulsion and fit and um, I know that he doesn't like hearing this and for us talking about it um, because it wasn't a great experience, obviously. But we don't celebrate or remember the bad moment. We remember what God did in that moment. And we celebrate God for that. And, and that is really what happened. As I was looking at what was happening to my boy, I was afraid. 
I was. It was it's hard as a parent in that moment to not have that sense of the unknown. The sense of what is happening. I don't know what's happening is horrible. I don't know how to fix it, especially for a man. It's really horrible. Feeling helpless, disempowered. And then in a split second, I knew that the only thing I can do is to call upon the name (laughs) above all names. And I just started shouting the name of Jesus. My wife joined me. We did it together. We started speaking Jesus, praying, started praying in tongues, and we're just speaking life over our boy. And I could see in that moment it started to shift, started to change. And by God's grace, he's completely healed. All his tests came back. He's completely healthy. Nothing wrong with him. So we praise God for that. And in that moment, you know, it's, it's, it's the surprise, the unknown, the unexpected that comes out of left field. This has never happened before. It's not something we know, something we have experience with. And in that moment, I had a choice of letting fear take hold and taking over or doing what our characters we're going to look at today, be faced with the phrase from God himself that says, do not be afraid. Four, doiki, doiki, doiki. Four, ellipsis. And each of us have moments where we will hear the phrase or experience that phrase, do not be afraid, and then God will say something like, for I am with you, for I am in this. Just listen, just watch, just wait. Amen? And I want you to, we're going to look at these Bible characters today around the story of the birth of Jesus, but I think each of us will find ourselves in at least one of these encounters, at least one of these stories. Amen? And I want you to be open to God speaking to you today about where you are and how this applies to your life. Amen? Who's ready to let God disrupt their lives a little bit? <laughs> All right. So, just a quick recap. We're busy with a message called God's Why. Now, God, we saw last week, God created man not because he needed us, because he chose to share his love and his glory with someone who can, he can have a relationship with. Mankind, our, our goal is to reflect the image, the likeness of God, this awesome, all-sufficient God. But disobedience caused a cosmic rift between God and mankind. And ever since then, God has been offering up ways for mankind to be reconciled to him. And throughout all of this, we see how God would look to find a righteous person. This is important. I want you to notice next time you read the Bible, you read any Bible story, typically you will find that God is looking for a man or a woman who is righteous in his eyes that he can work through. And that's also a pivotal point to today's message. Then he speaks to them, and what he does is he invites them into his plan and his ways to tell them the role of their lives and how it fits into his plans. When we say at Love Key Church that we are a church where you can come to encounter God, it's because that will change your life. Because when you encounter him, you cannot but want to align with his purposes And part of that is, yes, your purpose, your specific unique purpose. But the great purpose that we all have in Christ Jesus is to spread the gospel and to to take it to the nations and to take it to the people around us, amen? But inside of that general calling that we all have, you have a specific calling. But it is always to the service of God. It is never for the building of your kingdom, it's for the building of God's kingdom, amen? Are we in agreement? So today we're going to dive into a fascinating part of the story of Jesus and of his birth, and we will see the facet of God um, in an amazing way, this facet of God where he looks for a person or a couple or people that he can bring his plans through into the earth. And I want all of us to see how how God, that he's working in and through our lives, and to not be limited to the Bible characters, but that this invitation still stands for all of us today. The question is not whether God wants to partner with us. It is whether we are willing to lovingly live by faith and in complete obedience to him and his word. 
Because these are the men and women he's looking for. Would you agree? Amen. All right. So today's message, do not be afraid. We're going to look at three key characters in the biblical story of the birth of Jesus and read their interactions with an angel. And we're going to read their stories in a chronological order. And from each of the three characters, we can learn something important that we should not be afraid of. What is the opposite of being afraid? If you're not afraid, you are? Brave, courageous, confident. Amen. How many of you feel right now brave, confident, courageous? Anyone? No one? Few of you? Those hands going up slowly are not very brave and confident. <laughs> okay. So today, so I want that to, to challenge us today. Because you are either the one or the other or somewhere in the awkward middle, which no one wants to be there. The three things we should not be afraid of that we're going to look at today, I'm going to tell it to you now. I'm hoping you'll see it in the story and I'll remind you at the end. The three things we're going to look at today is to not be afraid of the presence of God. To not be afraid of what's possible with God. And to not be afraid of the providence of God. To not be afraid of his presence, what's possible with him, and his providence over our lives. Amen? Now that's the province, the rugby team. I'll explain it a bit later. So, look out for these as we read these stories. Now, once again, you guys know by now that I have been with, with us for a while. I love reading the Bible. So are you ready to read the Bible? I don't think I'm going to wager a guess that most of you sitting here and listening online have not read the full account of the birth of Jesus from back to from the from the beginning to the end recently. Am I right? All of it. Anyone recently? Okay. See, so this is why we need to do this, so that we can see. Because what happens over time is many of you still, if you grow, grew up like me, unless you had some kind of serious intervention and started a new discipline in your life if you grew up in a christian home and you are like i was for a long time a cultural christian you will know the bible stories but you will know typically if you're like me a watered down version of the bible story with pictures from books that were made by people who meant well but it wasn't always biblically very accurate like if you go to israel and you see where sheep actually go and try to find leaves. It is not green pastures like a golf course. You read Psalm 23 and you're like, yes, lush, green, I can roll around in the ground. No, it's out of desert. The green is where the shepherds have to know where to go. And it doesn't look like the grass you think. But we have these pictures in our minds, right? And I want, I think today, some of those things are going to be shattered, challenged, changed, and some of you might even be a little bit upset and offended. But I will just be reading the Bible. And then you have to ask yourself, am I offended by Heinz or by the Bible? Should I maybe be angry at the people who taught me something that's not accurate? <laughs> All right? But let's dive into the story and get what's really happening. And I'm gonna, there's one thing I know I'm going to say to that it will upset some of you. Because it, it kind of upset me a little bit when I found this out in my studying. But we'll get there just now. Okay. Let's start reading Luke 1 verse 5. We're first going to look at the story of Zacharias, then the story of Mary, then the story of Joseph. Okay. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias. Of the division of Abijah. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Listen to this next part. And they were both righteous before God, walking in the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Everybody say blameless. But, so they have this amazing quality, but then there's a but. They had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. Hmm. What other stories sound similar to this in the Bible? Anyone? Abram. Abram and Sarah. Yeah. 
So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. What does that mean? It literally means they cast lots on who's next. So it was by chance that he went in that day. But was it by chance, according to God? By lot, he went to burn incense that day. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. So there's a whole church service basically happening. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Imagine that. You're standing in this temple, and the next moment there's this figure next to you. Standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled. And fear fell upon him. But then the angel said to him, Everybody, do not be afraid. Let's try that again. One, two, three. Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. So every time, I want you to see this, every time the angel says, do not be afraid, it is followed by the word for. He is placing a truth, a promise, a good news story in the place of the fear. All right, I want you to notice that. For your prayer is heard, that's good news, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. Not will you please call his name John, you will call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Remember that point, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. What a prophetic word. What a promise. Imagine you're standing there. Someone appears, you're freaked out and he starts telling you all these things about your son which you didn't think you could have. Just imagine, you're an old man. Your wife is an old woman. You've given up. You've prayed it once before. Maybe you prayed it for 10 years, maybe 20 years. You gave up praying. Never thought it would happen. Here the lot fell on you, falls on you. You're in the temple. There's an angel. He speaks these things. Now listen to Zacharias's response. This is important because we learn from everything. And Zacharias says to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm old, I'm an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. What is he assuming? That the angel is not aware of this. The angel that just gave him this powerful prophetic word doesn't know that he's old. Even though the angel is what? Right there, looking at his face. Dude, I'm old. (laughs) Have you ever had those conversations where you know the person knows that what the truth is, but you tell them anyway? Because you think like, even though you're looking at me, it's like you don't get it. But they see something different, right? Come on. Now, and the angel answered him and said, so his response is, how will I know? How will I believe this? And the angel says, I am Gabriel. So now he knows who he's talking to. The angel Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. Sure. And I was sent to speak to you and to bring you these glad tidings. I, he's like, dude, I know you're struggling to believe. I'm Gabriel. I just came from the presence of the holy God. I came with good news. And this is your response? How will I believe? That's kind of my own interpretation, but that's what it looks like, right? So he says, but behold, you will be mute. And not be able to speak until the day these things take place. So you know that little prophetic word I just gave you? You won't be able to speak until all that I said will be fulfilled. Because you did not, everybody say believe. Believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. Sure. Do you see that he he couples belief and time together? And says that it will happen when the time is right. What is he saying? Not according to your schedule, Zacharias. How many of you have been frustrated, 
Maybe even a little bit irritated with God and his timing. Anyone? It will happen at the right time, in its own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. Now that part of the story goes on until John is actually born. And then people want to name the child something else. But he gets excited and, and like he can't speak. So he writes on a little board. He says, no, his name must be John. And the moment he wrote that and people agreed, then he could speak. So that's a whole other story. But the point is just the encounter with the angel for now. All right, we're going to jump ahead to verse 26 where we find the story of Mary, whose name is actually Miriam. But we won't get into that right now. Now, in the sixth month, now that sixth month, it it refers back to the pregnancy of Elizabeth. Okay, because he's now explaining the previous few verses that Elizabeth got pregnant shortly after that, and she's now in her sixth month. We know this also because further down you'll see why. So in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Very important detail. Joseph is from the house of David. The virgin's name is Mary, and having come in, That's now the angel appearing into the room that wherever she is at, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, exclamation mark. Now, ladies, if you were 15, 14, 15, which is about the age of of Mary, and you're alone in a room, and suddenly there's a figure that says, rejoice. How would you react? Sometimes I do enjoy pranking my wife a little bit and scaring her. <laughs> she doesn't really enjoy it so much. But, <laughs> you know, just appearing out of nowhere suddenly, get that. It's funny for guys. I don't know why. Maybe Gabriel is a little bit aspris as well. I don't know. I'm kidding. Anyway, so Gabriel is here. He's saying rejoice. Once again, he's got good news, joyful news. Highly favored one. Yo, highly favored. I'm sent by God. I know what highly favored means and I speak it over you. How amazing is that? The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Out of all of Israel, 400 years there's been no prophetic word. It's been quiet. And suddenly, seemingly suddenly, out of nowhere, God chooses This young virgin says to you, you are blessed among women. Do you think that she is like that from the moment the angel said it to her? Or do you think the chances are better that she's been a good young woman in her young years? She's been dedicated to God. I think she is called this because she lives this. Amen? That also makes sense if you you look at the biblical pattern. Now, there's also a but. Remember, with Zechariah, there was a but. He says, but when she saw him, she was troubled. But the sentence continues. I've always thought, and I know about you, that Mary was troubled at the sight of the angel. But look at what it says, actually, and I read all the translations. It's the same in all the translations. She was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. It doesn't say she was afraid of the angel or the presence of the angel. It says she was afraid at what he said. She was troubled at the fact that he said, rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. It's, it's overwhelming. It's a lot to take in at once. Can you hear that? Can you see that? And she considered what manner of greeting that was. That for me tells me she's intelligent, She doesn't just believe everything she hears. She's considering it. Now, if you've been walking with God, praying, and interacting with the Most High, this is an amazing characteristic of Mary, I think. She's taking what the angel is saying and kind of going like, wow, could this be true? Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Everybody say, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. He's repeating himself. 
He's, he's confirming what he just said. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Woo, powerful. That is the prophetic word over the son of God. Yes, give God praise. Come on. What is the house of Jacob? Quick Bible test. What's the house of Jacob? Whose name was changed from Jacob to? Israel. Yes. Hello. And David was a king. Oh, he's going to get good. Then Mary said to the angel, now remember, Zechariah said, how can I know this? Mary says, how can this that you're saying be since I do not know a man? Now that no is like the Hebrew yada. It's the Greek word gnosko, which means to know intimately, which means to have sexual relations. I do not know a man, which the angel knows. Again, you're giving me information that I already have. And this time the angel doesn't rebuke, he doesn't punish her. Why? Because she didn't have a lack of faith that what he is saying is true and that she can't believe it. There's the difference. She was just going, okay, but how will this happen if since I'm a virgin? Not it's impossible like Zacharias did. That's the difference. Can you see the difference? A priest in the temple missed it. A young virgin got it. This is such good freaking preaching. Come on. I'm just telling you. And the angel answered and said to her, he's answering her question, he's not rebuking her. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Yo. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, he goes on to tell her what happened with Elizabeth. Your relative has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her. This is how we know that it's the sixth month of Elizabeth as well. Um, sixth month for her who, who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Come on. Then Mary said, listen to this beautiful response. Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, behold me. In other words, look, here I am. Let it be to me according to your word. What is that? Surrender, obedience by faith. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste. This is a young girl who just got the news of a lifetime. She's running. She's going to the city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leapt in her womb. John went, woohoo! And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, remember the baby will be filled with the Holy Spirit. When the, when the baby inside of Elizabeth heard the voice of Mary, the mother of Jesus, he leapt. And the Holy Spirit came upon Elizabeth and she started prophesying. Listen to what she says. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Was Elizabeth with Mary when the angel was there? How would she know this? The Holy Spirit came upon her through the promise of the angel to Zacharias. And now she prophesies. She says, um, bless you, but why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She is humbled by the fact that a young girl comes to an old lady, but she recognizes this is the mother of the Lord. I am humbled. I'm older, but I'm humbled by the fact that she comes to me. Do you see that? So beautiful. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things were told her from the Lord. How did Elizabeth know that Mary believed the angel? Prophetically, through the Holy Spirit. 
She saw that she was there. She knew Jesus was inside of her. She knew she took the news and believed and stepped out in faith and said, yes, let it be. What does that mean, people? It means that there was a moment in time where if Mary said no, it wouldn't have been her. How do I know this? The story of Esther. We've got biblical principle where Mordecai says to Esther, if you do not do this to save your people, save your people, God will raise up another, but you and your household will forever be condemned. There's consequences to disobedience. There's blessing when we walk with God. Now, listen to what Mary says. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior for he's regarded the lowly state of his maidservant for behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done, a great, things, has done great things for me and, he, and holy is his name. We read that whole thing before the present worship. This is where that flowed from. The encounter after the angel with Elizabeth. How beautiful is that? She responds after hearing the angel and after hearing Elizabeth's prophetic word. Now what happened? It was confirmed. She's already stepped out in faith, but it's like God went, let me just give you one more confirmation through Elizabeth who also had had a miracle. And now Mary is like, what is happening? And she's going, praise God, you are mighty, you are awesome. Can you see that? Come on, yo, this is so good. Okay, men, it's our turn now. I'm gonna go to Joseph. Matthew 1 from verse 18. We get the story of Joseph in this story. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, before they were married and had sex, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. I love the phrasing. She was found with child. Whoops, I found you with a child. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man. Do you see that? Before God, he's a just man. He's seen as a just man. And not wanting to make her a public example was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, he was wrestling with this idea. He was working it out. He wasn't sure what to do. He wanted to do the right thing, socially speaking, but he was wrestling with this. I like to believe that he really knew that Mary was his wife, and he didn't want to do that. But it was a difficult situation that no one has ever had before. Because, listen guys, we can now read this and go, yeah, sure, a virgin got pregnant. But if someone tells you now, imagine you have a daughter, your daughter is not married. She tells you, I'm pregnant, Dad, but I really didn't sleep with anyone. This is the Holy Spirit. Will you believe her? Imagine a world where this was never, has never happened. There is a Old Testament prophecy that the Messiah will come through a virgin. So they have a clue. But it's never happened. Now you're a good guy, you wanna do the right thing, you're betrothed, you're ready to marry this girl. You found out she's pregnant. It's a conundrum. Those of you who are jealous, it's a dilemma. What do you do? Now, listen to this. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. Everybody with me? Do not be afraid to take to take your um, to take to you Mary your wife for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit and she will bring forth a son and you Joseph son of David shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call him his name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, he woke up. 
he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and he took to him his wife and did not know her. He did not have sexual relations with her until she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called, he, Joseph, called the son's name Jesus. When is the last time you read this whole account like that? It's been a while. It's powerful, right? Read your Bible. It's great. It's exciting. It's powerful. All right, so what do we have here? We have three angelic encounters, all right? What do these encounters do? What happens? They come to people who are seen as just and righteous before God. It's, it's on all three. We see a characterization of the people involved as just or righteous or blameless or all these things. Amen? Would you agree? Secondly, these encounters address the fear of the person. The only one who was afraid of the angel's presence from the wording of the text is Zacharias. Mary was afraid of his saying and Joseph was afraid of taking Mary as his wife. But he addresses the fear in the person's life. Would you agree? All right. Thirdly, the encounters bring good news. Rejoice. Glad tidings. Did you notice that language? I'm here to bring you good news. It was good news for Joseph as well because he thought this is going to be a social nightmare. It's embarrassing. He says, no, no, no. She's telling the truth. That is of the Holy Spirit. Okay, <laughs> that helps. Fourthly, the good news does upset the lives of the people having the encounter and completely changes the trajectory of their lives. The good news comes into your life. And you're like, well, I'm on my little path, happy-go-lucky, everything is fine. And then woof, woof, you have an encounter. And it says, no, no that way and it's good news and you're like but I have plans yes those plans need to die they are going to be a little bit different and fifth it tests faith and obedience so these encounters did five big things they come to, to people who are seen as righteous. They address the fear in their lives. It brings good news. That good news changes everything and where you are going and how your life will be. And it tests your faith and obedience. Can you guys see that? Now, what do we learn from this? We should learn that if we want to hear from God and be part of His plans, be used by Him, we need to be in right standing with Him. Do you agree? There's that psalm that's so beautiful. We, we studied it quite intensively last year. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? The holy hill of the Lord. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. And we know now that through Jesus Christ is the only way we can be blameless before God. But also to walk in His ways daily. Amen? We have to pick up our cross. We have to die to ourselves daily and walk with Jesus. So that's requirement number one. Secondly, any fear we may have will be addressed or come to the service, service when we are called upon. So in order for us, what we're learning from these encounters is firstly, that we, if we want to hear from Him, we need to be in right standing. Secondly, we have stuff underneath that we fear. We have stuff that we're afraid of. We have issues. We have baggage. We have insecurities. Unless there's someone here with no insecurities, yeah, we all have them. So when God calls you to do something, or when pressure arises in your life, what happens? Those things come to the surface. And God wants to tell you today, do not be afraid. Amen? Thirdly, what we take from this, we can expect to hear good, encouraging news from God. We can expect to hear good things. We can also expect that these good things will upset our lives. It will change the trajectory of our plans and our ideas if it's with God's, if it's in line with His will. And lastly, we can know that our faith and obedience will be tested and that there will be consequences either way. 
If we do not believe and we have a lack of faith, there will be consequences. If we do believe and surrender and say, yes, Lord, there will be consequences. Amen? Are you with me? All right. So we're going to quickly glance back at the three stories, and I want to highlight some things. First of all, this is the part that I might disappoint some of you. Angels, and specifically Gabriel, doesn't have wings. Doesn't. He's not fat. He's not a baby. He's not on a cloud with a harp. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that angels like him, a messenger angel, has wings. Nowhere. I studied it. You can't find it. Cherubims have six wings, four heads, three of them are animals. Seraphims have six wings. Nowhere is there one that looks like a man with two wings. It's not in the Bible. At some point, people started to draw that. At some point, it became famous. And at some point, everyone thinks that's how it is. It's not in the Bible. If you can find it in the Bible, please come tell me. But it's not there. He was a man. In, he was in human form as he appeared to them. Probably a bright light. We don't know. It doesn't specifically say that. It says that he appeared, but what, what we do know is that they knew this was a spiritual being. They knew something is happening. Something supernatural is going on. So Zacharias, he is the category, remember the three things I said to you in the beginning. His category is do not be afraid of the presence of God. This is Zachariah. He's a priest. He was praying for a child. He went regularly into the temple. Uh, and this time an angel appears and he's the only one who's, it says specifically, he's afraid of the presence of the angel. And the angel tells him his name is Gabriel. He gives him great news. He doesn't believe the great news. He is doubtful. And because of that, because he doesn't believe in the prophetic word, he, is, um, he receives a, a penalty, unfortunately, for that. Now, what we see here is that delayed obedience or arguing with the messenger of God is actually disobedience and has consequences. Delayed obedience, what is that? Lord, I hear you. Lord, I read it in your word. But I just want to finish this. Maybe next week. Maybe a month from now. Let me just, you know, do this and that. and that. God has spoken you delay, it is disobedience. Now, I know that there are different situations, different circumstances. I'm not saying that every time you think you hear from God, you must jump. We should have healthy checks and balances in place. Like, check it with a friend that you know loves Jesus. If you have a spouse, there will be confirmation with your spouse. If you want to chat to me or a leader in the church, that's also important. What I mean is that when you know that you know God has spoken and you have a conviction in your heart that he has spoken and you still go, yeah, I don't know, I'm going to try and delay, I'm going to try to go this way, that way. That's what I'm talking about. And what I want you to also see from the story of Zacharias is that God's plan will be fulfilled whether you have the faith or not. Because God still did what he wanted to do through Zacharias and his wife. The fact that Zacharias didn't believe or had a moment of doubt didn't stop God's plans. What it did do is that it affected Zacharias' experience of the fulfillment of God's plan. So, you can sit on the sidelines and be mute as God does what he wants to do in your life or you can be a part of it. Which one do you want to be? Come on. All right. No one got excited about Zacharias? Let's go to Mary, see what happens there. So Mary, Mary's story has the principle, the second principle, do not be afraid of what is possible with God. Do not be afraid of what's possible with God. As I said to you, she was a young teenage girl, she was betrothed, she had plans. Her life was laid out. She knew what she was getting into. Her life had a certain trajectory. How many of you can say from a testimony that I had a plan and then God showed up? Anyone? 
Yes. An encounter with the angel Gabriel changed all of that. Now notice how she is called highly favored. The way, God's view, the way God views her is very important. Maybe she didn't see herself as highly favored. Maybe she's like many of us. We don't, we don't feel like we are worthy. We don't feel like we have value. But God wants to tell you today, you are highly favored if you are in him. Amen? And she's, like I said to you, she's not afraid of his presence. She's afraid of his words. Rejoice. Highly favored one, for you have found favor among women. That puzzled her, troubled her. And he said, don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. He basically repeats his first words and reiterates to clarify and help her to process this. Maybe Mary was like me when I have a conversation with my wife, a slow processor. My, my wife wants me to catch on quicker than I do many times. I'm kidding. That's just, yeah, anyway. Sometimes I'd like to imagine these conversations to be quite real. She doesn't ask, how can I believe it like Zacharias? She asks, how will it practically be? How will this roll out? Let me in on the plan. Not, it's impossible. Do we see that difference in faith? Amen. And the angel doesn't rebuke her. He answers her and gives her even more insight into what God is doing. And she responds with faith and obedience and she rushes to Elizabeth and then we we saw that how there's this beautiful encounter between babies in the womb wow if anyone has ever thought that abortion is an option I want you to read this and read it again and know that there is consciousness in a baby in the mother's womb there's life because life begins at conception amen Thank you, Jesus. And then we have that beautiful prophecy from Elizabeth over Mary, and then Mary just praises God. Powerful. Now, Joseph is the third category. Do not be afraid of God's providence. Do not be afraid of what God has already put in place and wants to make you a part of. Joseph does not get an in-person apparition. He doesn't get an angel that rocks up. He also doesn't get Gabriel specifically. We only hear that he had a dream and an angel. To me, it would make sense that it was also Gabriel, but the Bible doesn't say that specifically. It just says that an angel appeared to him in a dream, and he said to him, do not be afraid of what? Taking Mary as your wife, a woman who's pregnant before marriage, who will cause social embarrassment, and he will also have to wait, listen to this, men, he will have to wait nine months before he can consummate his marriage. That's a sacrifice. No one thinks that. I think that's a sacrifice. So basically, the angel says to him, hey, marry a pregnant woman, deal with the gossip and the slander, take her boy who belongs to someone else, Oh, but the son is the son of God, so it's a little different. <laughs> He's the long-awaited Messiah. And yes, God is trusting you, by the way, with the safety and security of his one and only son. What even? Can you imagine a young man? You were thinking, I'm going to marry this beautiful young girl. That was your plan. An angel rocks up in a dream, and everything changes. You go from being a lowly carpenter with a basic life plan to being part of the story that changes the world forever. Can we take a moment and just recognize that God loves family. He loves marriage. He respects marriage. And did you notice that two of the most important figures in the Bible came through an old couple who couldn't conceive and what happened with Abram and Sarah the promise of a new people the people of Israel came from God talking to Abram and saying to him you will be a father of many nations and he made a covenant with him and Isaac was the son of the covenant 
And what, when Isaac was older, Abram was asked to do what? Sacrifice him. Do we see a pattern? Now, God, in the new dispensation, the new, um, the new testament, he comes to this old couple, and we see the biblical pattern in a way repeating itself. And in that, I also want to speak to those of you who might feel I'm old. My time has come and gone. I don't think I have anything else to give or to do for the kingdom of God. I want to tell you, don't be foolish. God is not done. If you are breathing, he is not done. Come on. In the same breath, if you are a teenager, if you are young, if you're a student and you don't know what God wants from you for your life, and you think he doesn't really see me, he doesn't really know about me, I want you to know that you have significance. Your pl- the plan for God, the God's plan for you that you are a part of is on the other side of you leaning into him, spending time with him, praying. Amen? But I want to just pause again and see that how God brought his own son into this world was through what? A young family, a young couple that were betrothed. In that time when you were betrothed, it was like you were already married. It was that serious. They just still had to do the seven-day ceremony. So they were married. And God came to a married couple. They were not royalty. David comes from the line, oh, sorry, Joseph comes from the line of David, a king. Is Joseph a king? Does he have a throne? No. He just, he just has a last name, which is not even a last name. It's just of the, of the line of David, of the line of Jesse, of the tribe of Judah. That's his, that's his lineage. But he's a carpenter. He's a blue-collared worker. He's not changing anyone's life by his existence other than people who got a new table. Okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? God, the magnificent, all-powerful, creator God, comes to a carpenter and a young teenage girl. And he says, take care of my son. This is huge. This is so huge. And if you follow the, the story of Joseph as you keep reading in the Bible, you see that Joseph has more encounters with the angel in his dreams. And every time it's to keep Jesus safe. Go to Egypt. Herod wants to kill your boy. God didn't send 10,000 angels to pick the baby up and take him somewhere else. He spoke to Joseph. He trusted a man with his son. Do you think we can see a pattern here that God wants to trust you and you and you with things that are godly, completely beyond what you can imagine or think or handle, but he's gonna trust you anyway? Because his plans will always come in his timing, in his way, whether you participate or not. Oh, this is so powerful. And one more thing that I want you to see about this story, which I so love to share, because there's some people in this room that may not have heard this before. Some of you have heard this before from me. And I, I have to work this in every year, this time of the year. This is so powerful. So, how is it that if Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary, that he is of the line of David? How's it possible? Because Joseph is of the line of David, but it's not da- Joseph's seed in Mary that made Jesus. So how, how can it be? How can it be that Jesus is of the line of the root of Jesse, David, the line of Judah? How's it possible? Have you ever thought of that? How many of you have never heard this before, this question? Anyone? All right. At least I'm speaking to some of you. Some of the people who've been with us for a while will know this. What did the angel say to Joseph? He said, you will name him Jesus. Take her to be your wife and name him Jesus. He woke up from the dream. He was obedient. He took it as his wife and he named him Jesus. What did he do? What do we call that? When a man 
takes a wife who already has a child and then calls that son by name. We have a word for that. Adoption. The message of Jesus coming to this earth through mere human beings has a great side message called the power of adoption. Because Jesus is first in everything as our example. He got adopted into his own lineage through a human being. Why? It gets so good. Have you ever heard the phrase corruptible seed and incorruptible seed in the Bible? All right. So when we as the church, if we give our lives to Christ, we become born again. We become new creation. Shins. It says, it means that we are now part of the incorruptible seed, which means a seed that cannot be corrupted. What seed went into Mary to conceive Jesus? Was it corruptible or incorruptible? Incorruptible because it's of God through the Holy Spirit. What seed does Joseph come from? Corruptible or incorruptible? Corruptible, why? Because if we read Matthew 1, we get the genealogy all the way from Adam through to Joseph. And if we go back, we find murderers, adulterers, prostitutes, all kinds of nasty things. It are corrupted. But Jesus, God, in his wisdom, still chose that line. How could it be? How many of you have a dysfunctional family? Anyone? Anyone in this room have a dysfunctional family? Anyone with a, with a, with a history of family that you would rather forget? Yeah? You're not alone. Joseph had the same issue. And the moment that Joseph decided to be faithful and say yes to the angel's message, he adopted Jesus, the Son of God, as his own. And in that moment that he chose by faith to adopt the Son of God as his own, he came into the line of David and the incorruptible seed <laughs> cleansed the whole line before him and made all of it all the way back to Adam incorruptible. Wow, that's so good. Man, I love it. You can come back next year for the same message. It's just so powerful, because I'm, what, why is that significant? What do we read in Romans 8? That if we get born again, we cry by the spirit of adoption, Abba, Father. We get adopted through Christ Jesus into the family of God. Yeah? If we don't understand the adoption of Jesus himself, we will not understand fully the adoption that God makes available to us. It's so powerful. Man, I wish your faces would show how excited you are because I know you're excited. So excited. I see it. <laughs> it is so good. The other thing that we see from Joseph's story is that when God speaks to someone and they are obedient, it may upset your life. Because <laughs> the angel spoke to Mary and she said, yes, she got pregnant. That affected Joseph. So someone else's obedience can upset your life and change the trajectory of your life as well. But if they are really hearing from God, then who's out of alignment when you say no? You are. That's why we all need to make sure. So what did the angel do with Joseph? Give him a dream slap. No. This is the right thing to do. Just man. And he said, yes. Now, Mary's obedience lined up with, Joseph's obedience lined up with, Mary's obedience lines up with the plan of God, and now it can happen. God works through people. He worked through people to do the most important thing of his whole why. Bring his son Jesus Christ into this earth as a human being. He used people. 
How many of you run companies? There are some people that you won't trust with some of the most important work that you have, right? You're like, you're not ready. But God looks into a carpenter and a teenage girl and he says, you're ready. No one else would have qualified them for that job, right? You would have like, no, we need chariots, we need soldiers, we need 24-7 guards on this baby. No, we're going to struggle to find a place for him to be born. He's going to be born in a, in, a, in a freaking manger where animals eat from and their drool drips into there and there's dirt and mess and it's, it's gemors. We're going to let the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the, the, the leader of the host of heaven's armies lie there. Because he's first in everything. He came to show us what it means to be humble. He came to show us what it means to serve. He came to show us that what's impossible for man is possible with God. Amen. What he's looking for are people that are righteous before him and willing to obey. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church podcast, Message of the Week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.